City Jerks. We're here. It's Pride Month. We're not queer. We're not queer. It turns out we took a poll and <laughs> not it, queer. We're not queer. No, we're not proud of it, but we're also not queer. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Swastikbot, are you are you proud? I am proud. I'm not a proud boy, but I'm proud. I, what are you proud of? Oh, what am I proud yeah, of? What are you proud of? What are you proud of? I'm proud of my hair. You, you have great good hair. hair. Yeah, you have some great. You have some great hair. Yeah. yeah someone that... was saying you have the best hairline in Seattle comedy. Oh wow. Yeah. Do you have a widow's peak? Is there a point to it or no? No, oh, this is just genetics, man. Do that's I mean all. no? I mean just like a straight across, or is it? Yeah, it has a little peak. A little yeah. peak. A little yeah. peak. No, you kind of a... look like a like a cashmere uh, Josh Firestein. Yes. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, that's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> To Josh or to me, I don't know. Which yeah, one. either one. Yeah, you both know? both great heads of hair. Yeah, you should get a tattoo across your stomach that says Indian or Kashmiri. I, I do have I, on the, I have only one tattoo. It's across my rib cage. What does it say? It says it? um, Spider Man. Is no, it? it doesn't say Spider Man. It's a very very hippie. It says meditation in Pali, which is mm. like the language Buddha taught in. Okay, okay. That's the only thing I do on a regular basis is meditation. Yeah, what style? Um, it's basically some Eastern meditation that I learned from this um, teacher. It's about like a lot of breathe, like breath work. Sure. Uh-huh. You just, uh, you know, observe your breath uh, and then you have a count uh, You on the exhale and the inhale. And then you do that for like 30 minutes and then you just watch. Sure. It just... I love meditation. Yeah, I think yeah, we, it, we both meditate. Oh, no, I think you have to in 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 this day and world. I feel like there's so much that happens. I'm pretty out of practice right now, but it is something I have been doing for a while and enjoy doing. But I just don't lately haven't been setting the time aside to do it. But you ever see any fucked up shit while you meditated? Oh, all the time, right? All the time, like, all the fucking time. Yeah, it's 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 just. Yeah, all the time. Like it's like most of the times I I get these sexual thoughts when I'm like meditating, which sure. is like it's like Kundalini rising. Yeah, baby. right. Like it's and it's absurd. That fucking winged serpent, baby. Yeah, <laughs> and you just observe that crazy uh, monkey brain, as I like to call it, sure. and let it like just just be there. But I have um, experienced some sense of peace when I you know in, in moments when I do meditate, and mm-hmm. and that's what keeps me coming back. Like. I started four years ago. And, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, four, I've been doing it regularly for four years. And before that, I would smoke a pack, a cigarette a day. Like, literally. Like, you know, I was so anxious all the fucking sure. time. I'd be, like, smoking. And um, and one day, I just started doing this. And I don't know what happened. Like, I just quit. Like, like cold turkey after I started meditating for, like, a month. Oh, Damn. wow. That's which pretty was, good. Yeah, which was, like, um, very good for me. So, I just got stuck with it. And, yeah. Uh, it's you ever miss cigarettes? No, that's the thing. I've never missed cigarettes, and I, I I'll tell you this crazy story actually that happened to me. Um, I went on this trip to Vegas. This was like I was way fresh off the boat. Uh, back then, I didn't even have an American driving license, and I was um driving around in Vegas. And don't fuck with the cops in Vegas. Like everybody knows that, right? Yeah. Like, and I was doing like. 60 in a 30 zone because it was like 2.30 in the night and I had to yeah. catch my flight. And this these people pulled me over. And this is my first time getting pulled over in, 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 in the US. And yeah. I'm like a 
fucking visa guy, right? Like I'm like, oh, I'm they're deporting my ass. Like th- that's what I thought. Like, and I didn't know you have to like pull to the other side of the road. I fucking stopped in that center in the road, and that was fucking wild. So they got hella mad for me for doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then they're doing all kinds of uh, you know breath search sure, and you know right, asking right. you to walk on this line. I fucking even gave them my phone, which I now feel like. I didn't have to, but I didn't know the rules. So they just went batshit crazy with my phone and all my documents and yeah. everything. They really? tried to find anything that they could, basically. They couldn't find anything. You app. opened your phone for them? I did. I, I mean, I know, which is bizarre. He was scared. He didn't know. Yeah. He, didn't know I, he, I, he didn't know he had rights. Yet. I didn't know I had rights. I literally thought they were going to deport my ass. What's that, it that like day. getting pulled over in India? Oh, you, the, the, in India, um, the laws don't apply to the rich. Like, you can buy your way out of murder. Sure, sure. So that was you. You were the rich. I mean, that's still I mean, here. Yeah. That's still I mean, here. It's not rich. It's like, I would be like middle class there. Gotcha. Yeah. But I still have money. Right. You're enough to bribe a exactly. corrupt. Exactly, yeah. You can bribe your way out New of Delhi anything. New Delhi policeman. Exactly. Yeah. But, so, and and the funny thing is, because I didn't have a license on me, yeah. they couldn't find me in the record. Ah. So they let me go without even a ticket. So they finally let me go. Not and, worth the trouble. Yeah, <laughs> because they couldn't get anything on Like, uh, he's not black enough for us to beat up, so yeah. see you later. And the thing that makes it interesting is before I was coming, uh, b- before I, I got on the uh, on the wheel, this, this cocktail waitress I met at a bar, she asked me to like go out on a drink with her, but something about her was like funny. I said no. And I was like, if I would have had like a couple of drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, she had that's strong a different vaginal night. odor. Yeah, she wasn't like the yeah. She, there's yeah. something funny about her. Not your her. type. Not my type. And I was like, oh, I, I lucked out. I have, yeah, I lucked out there for sure. Um, now you like meditation and sitting hmm. with the monkey brain. Hmm. Where are you at with psychedelics? That's the thing. I've always been scared about losing control, so I never have never done any drugs. Like I, the only thing I do is edibles uh, sure. on occasions. But I the thought of doing some hard even psychedelics like it it. I've never, I've never been blackout drunk. Like I'm so scared of losing control of my yeah. mind that it overpowers my need to like feel good about it. What do you think will happen if you lose control? I don't know. It's like I, 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 I don't even know what, what would happen. Like, what, I, what do you? What is your? What is your interpretation of a psychedelic experience? Like, what do you think happens? I think. I don't know what happens, uh, but I feel like it would be the opposite of meditation because I already have uh, neurons firing off. Like, I'm pretty sure I have ADD. I don't even want to get it diagnosed because, I mean, I'm not a white woman who wants to be marginalized with something, but I I don't even want to get diagnosed because it is what it is. And I feel like uh, if I do something like that, like, there'll be so many uh, neurons that would fire that I, I wouldn't know how to comprehend it or what to do with it. Because I feel like I'm already high. I'm you, you wouldn't know what to do with yeah, it. Yeah, what but to do with you'd it. figure it out. Meditation yeah. and mushrooms are, like, best friends. It is. It, they go together so nicely. Yeah, but I, I would say that that is an opinion, though, right? Like, because I, I feel like... I mean, everything's kind of an opinion, right? Like I feel meditation calms me. Yeah, everything is an opinion. Uh, you're right, but I. I this is a table. Is, but that's not an opinion. This is a book. It's my opinion. No, no. I can't do mushrooms anymore. Yeah, I, had too, I, I had too many. I've bad never trips. done drugs. I mean, I I wish I could, but I something about it to me like it, it scares me. I want to take yeah. you into the woods and do mushrooms with you. I, th- that's the only thing that I would do though is mushrooms because they're like sure. they grow in the like yeah. I would do that. Uh, one of my friends was telling me about um, his experience with cocaine, which is yeah. kind of weird. pretty great. It's pretty good it's stuff. It's pretty good, yeah. I, yeah. 
That one's not scary at all. That's like you, do, you don't lose control. Well, it's scary now because of like what could possibly be in it. Sure, but the the experience the isn't it. like psychedelics, where like you're out of control of yeah. what's going on in your brain. Personally, I you're don't just faster and having really, fun. I don't ever really feel out of control when I do psychedelics. Like I don't feel mm. like there's waves where like I'm all right, I'm going to lay down for a little bit, but it's not scary it's not unenjoyable and it's just like what does that make you feel like how how do you feel when you do it like you know i mean so like when you're meditating and mm. like you just like lose track of your body and like you're just gone you know mm. like that moment when you're just gone yes. and meditate that's it but just amped up and uh i mean that's i like high dosages of psychedelics because mm. i like to just dissolve and just like not exist yes, for a little yeah. while but it's never scary for me it's always very peaceful and filled with, you know, intense fractals and light and just, I love it. I, I take it pretty seriously and I don't do it all the time. Mm. I have done it all the time. I've done it a lot. Uh, but mushrooms and acid are very different, but I recommend, mu- I recommend mushrooms at least once for everybody. Mm. Unless you have like clear mental problems, but you don't. Yeah. You like, might. Do, do you guys have addictive personality? Do you think? Like, I think I have an addictive personality. Like, if I like something... Like I, to anything or... Like, to, like anything. Like, I want to go, like, all... Like, if I like a song, I will listen to it, like, a thousand times until I don't like yeah. it anymore. Like, hmm. I, that's the kind of... like. So, I'm that all the more scared about such things. Well, you can't okay. get addicted to mushrooms. I mean... Uh, no, you can't really yeah. get addicted to them mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Uh, what are you addicted to now? Oh, not cigarettes anymore. Not cigarettes. Uh, I think thinking. Thinking? Yeah. Okay. Addicted. I can't stop. I cannot. Comedy? Anything. Like, just thinking, overthinking. I'm just addicted to. I'm just addicted to thinking as such. Like, I cannot silence it. Has what do meditation you think about? helped you to not it's, think so much out of control? It just told me how, how big the problem. It just showed me how big the problem. There you go. I mean, you're only four years in. That's kind of like still the tip of the iceberg yeah a little for bit sure. and i think comedy and meditation are very similar very very similar but but, but sorry, because I, you're sitting in a room by yourself no that's it's, not it's what he similar. said though it's like the the best jokes come from a place where you don't exist anymore it's mm. like it's like it's your direct perception of an incident if sure. you can remove yourself and say it in the most crude word economic farm you will get a laugh like whatever that is like uh and 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 how do you do that is what comedy is and it takes a lifetime to perfect for sure yeah i have a question for you sorry so when you are alone by yourself because he spoke about losing yourself that's a beautiful feeling when you are by yourself do you have anything that you watch in the background just like as white noise like do you have something oh sure yeah you do yeah for me i mean it oscillates a lot but Mm. Star Trek, uh, mm. King of the Hill. Mm. Those are my probably my big two what? ones I just put on in the background sometimes. Mm. Also, I just listen to music a lot too. Mm. Not not really. No. Uh, I mean, if I put something on, it's something that I want to like pay attention to mm. and like actually absorb. Um, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I have a lot of experience. Just being on my own and focusing on what's going on inside. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I like to laser point focus mm. on one thing and not let any other thoughts in. 
and is that a um, do you use willpower to do it or does it come like effortlessly to you um both both like usually it'll be it started out as willpower mm. and uh then it's just like oh this thing is so interesting to me that i can only pay attention to it mm. and now it's like that muscle is just so developed in my brain that it's like oh okay that's just how it kind of works now um yeah, like if I'm going to like veg out on something, I will like only look at that thing. So, like what? Like fucking dumb videos on my phone or something or Reddit or Twitter just, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't do that mindlessly. It's like I'm sitting oh, okay. there absorbing it all and then it's like, "All right, next activity." Gotcha. So, I don't know if I'm driving all this in a podcast, mm-hmm. but but you don't need something as a that you you are not paying attention to, but it's there in the background. If you are in it, you are completely focused. I mean, I would say that maybe I'm addicted to absorbing media mm. like everyone else, but it's not like uh, I need to put something on to have in the background. Mm. It's more that I just really like to listen to a thing. Mm. I don't know. What about you? Um, I, I, I put old, um, cricket games, you know, you guys know what cricket is? Like, sure. I, it's like these old games that are like meaningless, 2000, like 2000, yeah, yeah. like that's my, uh, my sweet spot. Like, it's like, already been decided. It's been decided and yeah. I like just put them in the background because I've tried to think about why I do that. It's because... I think that's when the most safest I felt as a human being because, you know, I was like small guy. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I just want to recreate that. Mm-hmm. I think that's my interpretation of it, but it definitely helps me melt my brain. Like, it melts my brain. Oh, well, it's something for that kind of like ADD thought to focus on. Yeah. Like, it can just watch that and shut up and then the adults can exactly. pay attention to something else it's in your that. brain. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why I do it. It just, it's not like I'm trying to like silence my thoughts. It just like gives a section of my brain something to do while I write or mm. sit and draw. I usually listen to music when I write, but if I'm like drawing or something mm. or cleaning the house, like it's just, I don't know, put King of the Hill on. It's either that or take meth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think about taking meth just to get my apartment really clean. Does it make you focused on something? Like, uh, is that the effect? I don't know. Well, I've never willingly done well, I'm, meth. I'm talking more about like Adderall. Oh, uh, okay, but, okay. Which okay. is essentially meth, meth. but like mm. um, all of that kind of excess waste thought, it just kind of goes away. And you can focus on whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Allegedly. Which is very different than like different amphetamines like Coke, you do it and you just want to hang out. That that's not great for cleaning your house. house. No, it makes you want to like run through a wall. Is that it makes you want to party? Yeah. yeah, coke just coke just makes you feel great and clench your jaw a lot and talk really intensely and talk really fast. Oh, I'm already there. I feel like yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd love it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let's get a bag. Let's get two bags. Two bags. Let's, yeah. get, let's get six bags just so that we have enough. Yeah. This would be, yeah, that would be fun experience, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, until you started wanting Coke again. Coke, yeah. Which is five minutes after you stopped doing Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so sorry go for it no you go ahead i had nothing to say i was just i want to know like um more about you guys story of how you started in comedy because you've been there for like i wanted to know how you started and 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 like how you look back on the reason you started and how much it has shifted or not shifted mm-hmm. i just want to know about that yeah um i mean i think that the base meaning or the base reasoning is always kind of like narcissism mm. and it's like oh for some reason i believed that i was special as a child mm. and you know i had some sort of talent for being funny and speaking in front of people and you know one day i just wrote some stuff down and i was like oh that's pretty funny mm. and uh you know was able to get on stage and do well enough where it's like oh that's a nice hit of dopamine mm. that i just wanted to keep doing it and uh, where was this this is in chicago oh okay yeah i was living on the road full time and as a yogurt salesman as a traveling yogurt salesman oh, wow. yeah and so I saw a thing for an open mic, and I went and watched the open mic, and was like, "Oh, I'm better than these people already." And wait, what does what a yogurt traveling yogurt? You you went door to door selling yogurt? No, no, my family we had a yogurt business in uh, Atlanta, okay, okay, and we were in like 200 Whole Foods. Oh, so I would go to Whole Foods and like push yogurt on people, and then go to another town to push yogurt on people at that Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So more like a traveling demo guy, gotcha, but gotcha. you know that yeah. doesn't have the cachet mm-hmm. of a traveling yogurt salesman. Yeah, yeah but uh, did a bunch of sets in Chicago, and it was really fun. And then I was kind of on and off for two or three years, and then started up again in Seattle around 2014, mm. and did two years and quit, and was quit for five years, and then I've been back for two more years, and. Yeah, you know, it is just like kind of a self-impressedness of my own cleverness. And it's like, oh, I see this thing this way, and that's kind of funny. That's kind of special. Mm-hmm. That's worth telling to other people. Mm-hmm. And then you just get on stage and do it. And, you know, like when I first quit, like I wasn't getting enough positive feedback to keep it going. Yeah, I was like, I'm wasting my time here. I hadn't really enjoyed it for a year, hmm. and yeah, I quit. It was a big kick in the teeth, hmm. and then I changed enough as a person to be like, okay, well, I'm a different guy now. I've got different thoughts, and uh, those are much more marketable. But sometimes when, when it does, I mean, it's, it's grim, right? Like comedy scene in, in Seattle or any, everywhere. When you're trying to come up, it's so grim, but like how do you balance that sense of skepticism uh, that comes with part of the job like who that you gotta talk more into that oh sorry yeah hold it hold it yeah. close so like how do you uh you know I'm, i mean i generally have enough good sets hmm. to keep me going mm-hmm. and you know i get booked on some shows and get enough like head pats and validation mm-hmm. to where it's like okay this is worth doing and i've got enough fortitude that i can take a Mm. couple weeks of bombs Mm. but like i don't know i bombed four nights in a row on like booked stuff and was like ah this fucking blows man Mm. this just sucks 
uh, and, you know, you, you definitely get down on yourself. Yeah. You can't not get down on yourself. Mm-hmm. But then I had a good set last night. So it's like, oh, okay. Oh, where are in club comedy. Oh, nice. Yeah, my first. I was hosting, and my was that your first hosting a weekend show? I mean, I've hosted a weekend show there before, but like under the same circumstance. Like yeah. it was an emergency booking. Gotcha. Whoever they had yeah, dropped yeah, yeah, out, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you can. You're good enough for that, Jay." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the first show I didn't do great. The second show was a lot more fun. A lot more fun. And uh, yeah. You know, you just keep going. So when I first started, yeah, it was like if I bombed, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm not going back for two weeks." Hmm. But now, you know, I, I definitely do have kind of a addictive personality, and uh, you know, it's kind of like borderline autism about hobbies. You know, where it's like, oh, "Okay, I've got this hobby, and I'm just going to structure my whole life around it, and just like pour all my energy hmm. into it." Before that, it was uh, pinball. Before that, it was yoga. So, yeah, yeah you know, it kind of like, uh, it chose me. Where to go? I didn't choose yeah. it. And yeah. so, like, it's kind of driving the boat. And, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a good enough time that I just want to keep doing it. Hmm. Oh, what about... Uh... Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's basically this exact same origin story, hmm. except... We're basically the same person. You... Uh, Me and Jack. The the motivation, the uh, desire, the addictive personality type. I don't really have an addictive personality, but like just the hyper focus on a hobby, making it everything kind of. Before comedy, I was like really into painting a lot. Uh, Before that, it was music and just, you know, art always, but just hyper focused on something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, basically the same origin story, except uh, I've been doing it, I think, I thought of, like, I've always mess up my own timeline. Like, I feel like I've been doing it for longer than I have, then I do the math, and I'm like, oh, it's only been, like, I think seven years, or like eight, you'll be eight years in October. I, th- I don't even remember when I started, but I'm pretty sure it was, like, October, and uh it was fall. I remember that. I remember the set. I remember. I remember everything about it. I just don't remember. The, did, you, did you do well? Yeah, I'd been going. Yeah. I'd been going to this one particular open mic. Uh, Where was this at? Portland, Maine. Oh, okay. And so I'd been going to this one particular open mic at this like super cool bar. Honestly, it was one of the most fun mics I've ever done. Like ever. It was just like perfect. It was just a tiny narrow room, super low ceiling. And just like a little hot box, such a little pressure cooker of a room. It was awesome. And um, I'd been just going, watching and watching and watching for months. And then the producer of the show was just like, hey, you're always here. Why don't you just try it? And that's all I needed was like someone to encourage me. I was just like, okay. And then I went home and wrote some jokes and went back next week and got good enough laughs that like I was psyched on it and just I've been hooked ever since. Do you remember uh, any of the jokes that you did that you still do or you know in some shape, shape or form? Uh I think I do some jokes from around that period still mm. but um not from that first open mic. I don't think so. Mm. I'm not sh- I don't remember exactly what my <laughs> set was. But um yeah, I don't know. It just yeah, same with Jay. Just like you know, I feel 
And when did you move to the Seattle comedy scene? What year was that? Uh, basically 2019, like January 2019. Oh, okay, okay. So how was how was the comedy scene in Seattle p- before the pandemic? Because I'm a very similar to the way it is now. Um, back in like the mid 2010s, it was mm. more woke mm. than it is now. In the sense that uh, I can't imagine that, but sure, if you say so. <laughs> well, no. So like. Uh, there was Jai Tai was one of the big rooms still, hmm. and uh, the Comedy Underground still existed, hmm. and both of those were like the two main places to do comedy in Seattle, hmm. and they both had a lot of kind of woke comedians running those rooms and kind of gatekeeping those rooms. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of the same. It still it exists. Is, That's what is. I was trying to think. That it's still- well, right, but like they don't really have power. They don't really even fuck with comedy outside of a couple different rooms where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we run these rooms so we can really control what is said in those rooms. The comedy nest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not saying that like other places are explicitly anti-woke, but those kind of controls on speech aren't enforced. Like at my mic, I let people kind of do what they want. Uh, I don't like it when they say certain things, yeah. but like I'm not there really. To, I, I'm just there to make sure that like people don't say the N word and don't talk about rape too aggressively. Those mm-hmm. are kind of the two lines that I have. Uh, and then anything. This is something that I've been trying to like uh, think about how to make funny is like I remember coming to this country and being in an Uber where this black dude was trying to explain to me what the N-word was and why I shouldn't say that. Yeah. How like, did it come up? He was just talking and it just came up. Out and the, the funny thing is, I was like, why would you teach me a word that I can't say in the first place? Yeah. Like, that's so wild, right? Like, sure. for me, like, uh, yeah. Is, 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 there, is there a word like that in Indian society? There are so many words Where like it's that. like such a bad slur that oh, like some, someone will beat the shit out of you if you say it. So I remember this story, um, there's this Bollywood movie that people had invested like millions of, of rupees or whatever yeah. you want to call it. So like 650. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they had this word called, so everything in, in India is um, is broken down through these castes. Yeah. Everything is caste. The priests, still. the warriors, yeah, it still the merchants. Is. It still is, yeah. It's, it's a social class. The like, untouchables. Exactly. The and Shudra. That the, the shoot, oh yeah, Jay knows everything about um, the, the racism. He, about yeah, yeah. The shoot, actually, which is a funny story because if you go to Portland, there is a restaurant called Shudra, which yeah. was started by this um, Indian dude who was uh, who grew up in America, but yeah. he was from the untouchable class. I, I bet the Shudra make the best barbecue. Shudra, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one went over my head though. <laughs> they make the Anyways, best. restaurant called Shudra. Yeah, the guy was from India, and he was from the Untouchable cast. And he was like, "Oh, this is my way of taking it back." Sure, which the was un- like the Untouchable, meaning like the bottom, the bottom. Like yeah. they are the feet. They, they, so you divide uh, people based on the part of the body they belong to. Yeah, the, at the top is the Brahmin. Brahmins, the priest, the, the priest. They are the head, the Kshatriya, the, the warriors, the, the warriors. Yes, uh, Janos. I don't. I don't know what the middle one is, but that's like the merchants, the right? Mo- yes. Yeah. The mo- they they deal with the money, and yeah. all the way bottom are the the, the 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 untouchables. Yeah, they just clean the toilets. They literally that yeah. was their job. Yeah. And there was this whole um, 
movement when, when India became independent, uh, which should be, you know, India should be credited for it because they just abolished it constitutionally then and there. They didn't even discuss it. They just yeah. like completely abolished it. But it takes a minute to get to the actual yeah. society, right? Are there are there cast names like you know what yes. somebody is? You can from- guess someone's cast by their. Everything is cast in India. Yeah. The, the famous saying goes, "We don't um, cast our vote; we vote our cast." Oh, in, that's a great. Yeah, that's, a that's great exactly saying. what. Uh, that's exactly what Indian elections yeah. are. It's all about. Uh, one is the caste and then there is this Hindu Muslim uh, thing that goes on in yeah. India. Like everyone is an Islamophobe uh, sure. in India. Like. That's that's a very safe thing to say. Like it's very safe for uh, even the most liberal Indian parents to say we don't mind if you date a white dude, if you or if you date a white woman. Uh, we don't care even if you're gay, but you can't date a Muslim. Right. Like that's the right. extreme. Uh, Unless it's like a white girl from Dagestan. Yeah. <laughs> In which case, <laughs> the, the worst thing you can basically do to piss off your Indian parents is you, you start dating um, a, a black Muslim dude. Like yeah. that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. You can black and Muslim? Ma- oh, yeah, no. Yeah. You're fucked at that time, yeah. Uh, and And... Indian parents don't care as much what their daughters, where they end up marrying, because it's very patriarchal. Yeah, as long yeah. as the son is okay, like that's that, yeah. that's what they they care about. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. So how's the? I mean, I feel like I'm diverting, but because I'm curious. But like, how does the the feet cast like just do that? I don't know. Is there like? I mean, like I don't. I guess I don't know what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like, are they just? Is there an American analogy to it? Like, are they just like white trash, basically, or are they stupid? Are they <clears throat> like obviously not stupid, but like you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess I just don't know what it's, it looks it's, like. It's hard know, to imagine like a free, like a slave class that is also free, but or just like everyone openly shits on this one group of people. Like, why wouldn't they kill people? Or like, why wouldn't they? I mean, they're like the service industry. Okay. It's, it's okay. Yeah, India is complicated. So, I mean, it's not like they're living on the streets. Like they have houses and they have stuff. They have money. Yeah, they are. They are now, obviously, now the times have changed yeah. in India. But yeah. like, uh, it used to be they were the outcast. Like you couldn't marry them. You couldn't even let them enter the temples. You could not. Um, people would be like, oh, if someone's shade falls over me, like, I am fucked. Like, that's yeah. how... It, it was built to, like, just keep this superior Brahman class going because they had access to all the religious text. Mm-hmm. And it was very common for the, the priest to have an ego clash with the king. Mm. You know, that was how yeah. highly these priests, like, re, like you know, put themselves on because they had access to the religion, which was, like, the only thing. Well, and I, and I think in a lot of Indian cities, a lot of people still live in, like, slums and shanty towns and there's a lot of people still living in like rural villages sure so like that kind of subsistence lifestyle is very much uh like the shudra would live that and then like the higher castes would have like actual like brick and mortar homes and stuff it even to this day i'm surprised to like i went to india last a couple of years ago my friend was like his parents wouldn't let him marry this girl. Yeah. She belonged to a different caste. Yeah. Which like is like ridiculous if you think about it, because they're using internet to find this woman, but they are not using internet to, like you know, demystify their like beliefs that are like like. And it it so happens in even in in America, like 
there was an actual uh, political rally to yeah. abolish caste system in the US in Seattle among Hindus. You can't do it. You can't abolish it. It's too deep inside. Like th- that is yeah, but that's fascinating. They should make a dating website where you have to say what your caste is. Oh, that's already the case. Though. Okay, good. That's already the case. Everything is caste. Yeah. yeah. Which is okaybrahman.com. Okay, something like that. Okaybrahman.com. Yeah. Instead of listing your zodiac sign, Bromble. You, Cast is. Yeah. <laughs> Bromble. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, though. Um, what cast are you? Oh, I, I don't follow all, all, all you that. You don't follow it, but if someone, someone was to be no, like. You can guess it from my last name. Bart is like, that's the Brahman. You can guess it from I my mean, name. I would guess you're Brahman just because, like, you live in America and are a software engineer. That's not. I mean, there are people who are, like, yeah. not Brahmins, but they, like, if you have money, you can. Does it have to do with, like, does it, does it go along, like, skin color lines at all? It's more complicated. More than complicated. That. It's much more complicated than that. It, it it's but yeah, there is also this racial angle in India. It's like oh, we sell lightning creams. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if it's white, it's it's so much better. If it's so, not, is it like like northern Indians are lighter and southern Indians not are darker? All northern Indians are lighter, but they tend to be like. But there generally, are, yeah, in South India, there are women who are like very pretty. Uh, they, they they tend to ha- like have like uh, lighter skin. It, it's. It's not one way or the other. It's very sure, complicated. Sure. You, you can't pigeonhole people into one Ah, thing. I just want to pigeonhole people. Yeah. You makes can. it easy for I my wish I could do that, to but keep track of. And that's why I recommend everybody should go to India. Yeah. Like, you know so much, Jay, about... I'm re- definitely impressed by, uh, by your knowledge about Indian... It's not just like a lot. It's like... It's deep. Yeah. It goes, yeah. Well, and I've, you've I've, been to India. You were talking to me about it. Yeah. Yeah. How long did you stay there? Uh, a couple weeks. Was it Ladakh the only place you were in, or did you also mostly? But there was some like transfer time in Delhi. Like I flew into Delhi and I was there for like half a day, and then I went on, on my way out. I had like a day and a half in Delhi. What year was this? Two thousand eleven. Oh, okay, okay, nice. Have you been to India? Never, no. You should, man, for someone who knows so much. Yeah, it's, travel doesn't really excite you me. Know, I have, you've mentioned this. Yeah, me, uh, like, I want to go back. It was. It was incredible. It took me a couple of days just to like, I finally, like, I've traveled a lot, but mostly to like, you know, white countries in Mexico and stuff, but that's a white country. <laughs> yeah. Mexico is after India, but mm. I had never experienced culture shock the way I did in India. Just what like, was the biggest culture shock you got there? I mean, just everything. But I mean, so I was like, you know, involved with this school and like, we'd be in a school bus dropping kids off. And, like, you'd be going up this, like, huge hill and a blind hill. You know what I mean? And then, like, there's a line of traffic that the school bus drivers, like, they're going too slow. So they start passing, like, five cars going up a hill. And you don't know what's coming over the <laughs> other side. Of, and I'm just like, what is happening right now? Like, with a school bus full of kids. And I was just like, yeah. this is insane. It was like playing Frogger. Kind of. But, yeah, yeah just, like, you're just hoping... That no one is going to be Dead. coming over off coming over the top of that hill. Well, but the school bus is big enough to win that fight. <laughs> I guess. <Who> knows? <laughs> uh, I mean, that was pretty. Like that was shocking. Uh, shitting in a hole. That was kind of shocking. Oh. Uh, Did you like knee squat? Yeah, it was like, all squat toilets. Oh, okay. Yeah, and just like that. the school is that. Oh my god, it smelled so bad. It was just disgusting. Uh, everywhere or just in the toilets just in the toilets oh, okay the toilet was like i don't know it was something else um hmm. do people do people shit in the streets in india i've heard they have like a, a shitting street 
They do. The, where I you mean, go they, they, and like that's, that's where everyone big, shits. That's one of the biggest uh, or was. Also, I am very careful about talking about India now because I have a snapshot of 2015 of yeah. India, which is like I mean, of how much has America changed in those years? Sure. So I, I I feel like. I mean, I, our shitting hasn't changed that much. Actually, no. Now people love bidets. Shitting has yeah, changed so shitting a lot. Has ch- but India, that w- it was a big issue in India. It's yeah. like yeah, they were not able to figure Open out. Open defecation. Yeah, oh, defecation. That's yeah. a whole thing. And that's why they're, they're, they're going back to the Shudra comment. Their job was to pick up shit. Like that was literally uh, their job. Like nobody would do that, but these people would do that. And, and who would pay them? People would like people who would pay them to like clean their sewers and shit like that. And mm-hmm. and, and uh, the thing is, your job so gross. that is gross. That's fucked That's up. So gross. That is so fucked up. Yeah, and it it still happens to this day in some of the villages. Well, and it's like well, I mean, if it's just like solid logs, that's one thing. But I imagine like a lot of Indians get diarrhea. Yeah, that's a thing. I mean, a lot of humans get diarrhea. You know, how are you going to clean that up? If you're defecate in the open, then you do get that. Yeah. But it's it's like now it's like there are two Indias, right? Yeah. Like one is like the ultra rich folks sure. who are like, oh, give me my avocado, like which is a thing. Like, right. They have an indoor. They have like a Japanese toilet. They have a Japanese. They shit toilet. better than you and I. And they have like my sister has like four maids to clean her home to cook yeah. for them and like imagine that like I go there. The what easy- cast are they? <laughs> If I was a rich Indian, I would still go like shit in the street sometimes just to get back to my roots. <laughs> just to get back to your roots. I don't know the last time I actually squatted to shit. Did I do that in India? It's I better for I... your bowels. I mean, I had some great shits there. Like, it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, more culture. Eating with your hand. That was something. After uh, you wiped with your hand. <laughs> yeah. Eating with your hand. The left uh, hand path. Meat markets. Just open air meat markets with like flies all over the meat. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It tenderizes it. Yeah. Um, Pre-digested. I had some other shit I was going to say, but now I, I already forgot. Oh, the, yeah. The wealth inequality. Like the oh, wealth dispa- The wealth yeah. in, like, you know, I was in Delhi and I was staying in, like, I don't know. I, I really have no concept of, like, the quality of neighborhood I was staying in. Yeah. But, like, it seemed... Uh, normal i don't know i have no idea but like there was people just sleeping on the streets like because it was so fucking hot too mm. it was like I, in my room we had i had ac but like if i, w- I went outside just walked around for a little while in a white t-shirt mm. by the time i got back to my hotel it was a see-through t-shirt hot and what month were you there what what month was this do you remember august oh yeah august yeah, very humid, or yeah. july it was like late july mm. um i make some fine chips fine yeah. snack chip company late july late yeah. july yeah uh, Anyways, continue. Well. It was late July, so it was just <laughs> it was just humid as fuck, hmm. and so yeah, just like there was just like people sleeping on the street because it was, I assume it was so fucking hot in their house. Yeah, that's a thing. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. It, Delhi was wild, it's just in terms of like, I, I I completely feel you on the income inequality though. Like I one of my my last year I went there was twenty twenty one was the last time I was there, and I went to this very hippie place in Rajasthan which is like a place where the all these white people go to get married because they have these castles and stuff that sounds nice yeah that is nice Um, and those people are very hospitable but I went to a place called Pushkar which is like even more to the west and I saw this young six year old dude who had never had a can of Coca-Cola yeah I gave it to him and I saw the joy of him opening that can of Coca-Cola and drinking and I felt 
felt so weird watching him do that and yeah. how happy he was and how it it just made me you should pitch that to coke as a commercial uh, i don't know about that yeah but it, it was like i was like i would never be so happy doing anything in yeah. my life as much as this dude is like liking drinking this yeah, you know if you're, if you're not satisfied with a little you won't be and satisfied with a lot exactly and then i, I i'm not so we drove to the city where people they had no concept of electricity in 2021 can you fucking imagine like i'm not talking about internet i'm talking about electricity like it's six o'clock pitch dark yeah what do we do we go to bed now like yeah. that's their life and there are people who are living like that in- well and those are the people that'll survive the apocalypse and and, and i was thinking it's just no change in yeah, programming yeah. for them what how would their mental health be like what would their mental health probably be? Normal. great great you think normal so? oh yeah so uh, let me ask you guys a question. Do you think ignorance is actually bliss? Do you think? Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, hundred. Would you rather be ignorant? No, I wouldn't rather be ignorant, See, but then, like, then it's a mood. If point. I could be ignorant and rich, sure. But ignorant and poor is a different world. I mean, you you can still suffer, but like, I guess I'm a masochist. I would rather know and suffer than be ignorant. What are you suffering? Uh, I, my knowledge, the the contrast of. I feel like I am putting myself in more of a delicate position even now all the more with comedy because i don't half the time i don't get cultural references because i didn't grow up in this country and i always feel like an outsider because things always go off of my head and i'm like oh my secret's gonna be out like people are gonna know that i don't know any like because i feel like i don't have the cultural and comedy is cultural references like most of it is and 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 that's what i'm 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 saying is like i do like to put myself in these precarious situations Uh, but I guess that's how you learn. I don't know. I would rather not be ignorant. Um, how Maybe, long, how long have you been here? How long have how long I been, been in America? Uh, twenty fifteen, fall of twenty fifteen. Okay. Yeah. And are you are you a do you have a green card? Are you here to stay? Are you, I am here to stay. You're here to stay. So like, I don't know, man. Give it another ten years. You know, or I think you, that like cultural references aren't as important as like a human connection no, I, I and get, relating yeah. and like those cultural reference jokes those are going to come and go but like talking about your dick and like that's gonna you know a weird conversation you had where someone did something that made you feel a certain way like that's also, what that's what comedy is about you, know, you can also just give yourself a cultural tour and just go back and watch movies and music Movies from the 2000s and listen to music from the 2000s and just like... It's new for you, yeah. It's new for you and that's like for right now, that's all the cultural references are like the 2000s, maybe the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, watch Can't Hardly Wait. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It would do you good. But but you but you understand right like what sure, I'm trying yeah. to say is like you you feel like you're on the edge a little bit because of of where you come from and also like this is another thing in desi comedy which is kind of blowing up in the US right now I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys are aware there are a lot of desi is a is a term to define anybody from Pakistan Bangladesh or India which is like a whole community desi S- South Asia yeah, yeah so- Southeast Asian uh, I guess yeah 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 I think South Asian is actually a more accurate yeah. Um, and I don't want to be like a desi comic, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I I want to make people laugh, and whoever is in the audience, sure. like ninety percent of the jokes. If I you talk about India, it's not going to connect unless you make it in a way that is consumable yeah. by the Seattle sure. crowd. So you you have to like think about those kind of stuff. Well, and like I I get what you're saying. Uh... That you want to actually write good jokes. Yes. You want to be a good comic, not just pander your identity to people. 
And, yeah. and I, I don't know, I remember a conversation we had like months and months ago and you were like, oh, it's so easy to get laughs just making fun of white people. And I was kind of like, Seattle, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know what, like, I, I, you, You've grown a lot since then. You know what, Like Jay, I've that, seen you do yeah. a lot better and be like, oh, he's actually writing good jokes now instead of just, you know, pandering to people who love brown guys and hate white. They love the idea of brown guys. They don't really love, love brown yeah. guys, but it's just like, oh, not a white guy. How progressive. But no, man, I, I'm, I've been really impressed with what you've been doing recently. But you're also in a unique position as a brown guy yeah. to jam a finger in the eye of woke white people. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like you could turn a mirror on that because they they would stutter and be like, uh, uh, well, I can't say anything back because he's, you know, Indian. Like, No, nah, they they... they he, he's not marginalized enough to really stick a finger hard. I don't want. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had. Uh, I don't yeah. want to name comics. I've had white male straight comics like, you know, come up come after me after you know like I've riffed on them and which is totally fair game. But to your point, I think I remember that conversation. Yeah. It was outside the hop point. Something and we were like doing, that. Yeah, yeah, and it made me go down and think about what I was going to write, and it I actually developed it into a bit about how I'm being pigeonholed into making fun of white people and sure. I, yeah so that definitely conversation that helped me and i remember that conversation mm-hmm. by the way um going back to yeah going back to what you were saying i feel it, it some of it is played out though like i want to i, I yeah. don't you know what i mean totally like making fun out. of woke people is so much played in comedy unless you have a unique position to it yeah i yeah i i feel like a lot of people uh, do that, and I, I don't have something you I mean, add there. Pr- pretty much everything is hack at this point. Yeah, almost like everything. You, yeah. you have to have good writing. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Do you ever get out of Seattle? Do you ever go to Portland or anywhere else? Uh, I've been to New York. I like the scene there. I've been there. I, I was did there. you get up? I got up a lot. Yeah. I was there for like a month. Oh, nice. And I mostly did open mics and then I sure. got a couple of shows, like one or two shows, um, I remember. And how were they? I would recommend it to any com- comedian to know what you should or what you should not be doing because... It was dreadful. The experience was horrible. Oh, yeah. No, New York is brutal. The most you would get on a day was after doing your fourth open mic was sometimes the guy you paid $10 to to do the open mic would look up and see if you said something close to being funny. That was the biggest reaction you got for the whole day of, you know, like doing five open mic. That's how brutal it was. People complain about Seattle open mics. I'm like, ugh, (laughs) you guys are like, we are ruined here. I mean, in some ways. because. Actual people show up to an open oh, mic. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, it's just pure saturation there. It's just like... Yeah, everyone is a comic there. Or most people are, yeah. Well, that's where people go there to be a comic. But how about... Uh, I, want, I want to know both of your points of view. What do you... I think Seattle comedy scene is a lot of storytelling, which is different to the New York comedy scene. They don't want to hear stories. They want to... want you to, like, you know... They want you to... They want to hear as many punchlines as possible. Exactly. They want... You per to, minute yeah, yeah they want you to remove all the the setup and just give them the thing and mm-hmm. whatever is the one minute version of that joke or what do you guys think of where do you see uh, i like that style you like do? the people that i find the funniest and like hmm. like the most are like new york and boston comics that are just super punchline heavy um you know i i like it a little edgier hmm. i like race stuff i like social commentary mm. stuff um so yeah no i i'm all for that what do you what do you think about that 
where do you lean on which side do you lean, do you think there is still a craft of story like if you have a good story would you be okay if you got attention as opposed to laughs and then got a a, a big uh, payoff at the punchline or would you want to get like uh, how do you see that for me personally yeah. like for my style yeah uh i think i'm somewhere in the middle mm. um i have some short punchy stuff but i also have couple longer ones i mean they have punchlines throughout but uh i don't know i kind of my main guys don't it's not all set up punchline set up punchline Mm. like i mean storytelling's fine yeah like if you're doing 45 minutes there's gonna be stories in there Mm. like if you're doing like 10 minute showcase spots then like yeah you can just like punch 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 and a lot of like in new york and la that's how a lot of the shows are set up they're not like host feature headliner shows it's like okay we've got six to eight people all doing 10 minutes Mm. and you've just gotta throw as many punches as you can to like stand out or you know like if seven people did that then yeah you can tell a story because people are going to be exhausted from just hearing rapid fire jokes so you know i mean you need both uh but no i think maybe mm, I, i don't think there's enough people really taking it that level of seriously in seattle and there's not like a higher cast of comedians that are serving as an example to be like oh do it like this and you can advance and there's not like you know we have like two or three clubs that are all full and then a bunch of like open mics where people are just trying to do the edgiest material possible um so yeah, it, it's and hard. And if you get to that upper level, you move. Yeah, you you move and you stop going to the open mics, and so it, it's 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 hard to know how to proceed in Seattle. It is kind of, I mean, and there's also a lot of gatekeepers. I know you're talking about this, and I've heard this from multiple people. There's a mm-hmm. lot of gatekeepers for comedy, and which is like, well, that's everywhere. Yeah, I don't that's, think that's a Seattle thing. I think oh, you don't think that's a Seattle? I think that's just entertainment in the sense that, like, I think that's just the arts in yeah. general. Because you have a million people that are doing it, but then only like 10 people who know how to produce a show or run a club and There's everyone wants poorly run shows. their oh. time and like, yeah, people have their favorites and they're going to put their favorites on. But don't you think uh, if you are going to be funnier than the guy who went up before you, people are not, I mean, I don't think people are not going to notice like that. People are not, not going to no- miss. Like, so th- that's part are- of it. But I think we've said it on this podcast before. Uh, being funny is only like the third or fourth most important thing. Mm. And like you have to be if, – if that's all you're relying on to get bookings, then you have to be so funny. Like you have to be so undeniably hilarious and different from the people around you that people are like, oh, I need that guy. But, like, if there's three or four people where it's like, oh, okay, they're, they're pretty much equally funny to each other. Or, you know, maybe one guy's like a six funny and the other guy's like an eight funny. Like, if you're good friends with the guy who's like a six, you're going to pick him. 
Like you're going to pick the people that you like and that maybe skew more to your tastes and that you've worked with a bunch of time because you know what they're going to do. It's like, Mm. oh, I know what this guy's going to do and I know that the audience is going to react to it in this way. Um, And so you – as a producer or even I think as you grow in comedy, consistency ends up being more of the goal. Not like, okay, I'm going to punch as hard as I can every time, but I'm going to try to consistently have like a high batting average and then take risks where I can. I think consistency is, the, is, is yeah. something that is important to any any aspect. Yeah. yeah. How, how, do, how do you guys like, so, um, I'm struggling with a routine right now. Like in this past whole year has been like big struggle for me. Like with, with having a, a proper um, routine. A routine of what? Uh, of Like, you know, just doing the things that like I did this a while back was I just wrote down what my ideal day would look like. The kind of things I would want to do on an sure. ideal yeah, day. And it had like a bunch of things like, you know, uh, some related to what I would eat and some related to like uh, how much exercise I would have. And obviously joke mm-hmm, writing. And, sure. And then um, it feels like it's that's been a struggle for me, like just to like stick to that routine. Uh, sure. Yeah. Hey, do you guys struggle with that a lot, or or no? Uh, Not at all. No. No. Is it, would you think is it's your strength to do something over and over again with a consistent? I mean, you just have to do it. You have to do it so much that it's not hard anymore. Like I lift weights, but I've been lifting weights for like my whole life. Yeah, same. So like it's not hard for me to be like, oh, I just I just lift weights. And like with comedy, it's like But do you not have this whole reward uh, like effort reward a thing like where you, where it, you see something it's doing to you and that keeps you coming back? Okay. Oh, well sure. And, and and I mean that was like like when I started lifting weights, I was like fat and a pussy. Hmm. And now I'm slightly more muscular and slightly less of a pussy. So you know, I was like, oh, these lifting weights makes me feel good and it makes me look good. And now I can get girls because I lifted weights. And, you know, that was like when I was 15. Mm-hmm. I went through those things. And now it's just like, oh, I just lift weights. Hmm. Um, and like with comedy, you know, my first couple years of comedy, it was like, oh, well, I need to figure out how these open mics work. And I have to like think of jokes to do. And it's like, learning the skill and integrating it into your life is hard but once you have it it just like you can put it on autopilot basically but you have to do like probably with meditation you know when you first started meditating it was hard to do and it wasn't like a big reward and you were like what the fuck is this all about but now it's just kind of like you don't have to try so hard to do it yeah so yeah you know you just gotta you just gotta. You, you've got to have the discipline to do it when you just want to be lazy, lazy yeah, and eventually, awful, like yeah. it becomes automatic. <clears throat> I just so, try and structure my life to where I don't do things I don't want to do, <clears throat> and so it's a good way. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. There's no forcing me to do anything I want to do because I'm already excited to do it. It, it sounds like you're trying to like put too many things on that itinerary yeah that's always my, yeah. my thing is like you've I, got like a real job right I have a real you have job. a real job so that's going to take up like 40 to 60 percent minimum of your attention 
And if you have things and like... And that's the thing with comedy is like once you start doing comedy, like actual real comedy, that job, I can see my motivation becoming lesser and lesser with my day job because sure. it's not half as exciting as my, my comedy, even with the, yeah. the, the the highs and lows of what, what mm-hmm. an open micer com- comic looks like in yeah. Seattle. Uh, because it's so much of what we do as a day, in a day job is bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Like, yeah, I don't know if you guys know they they have us coming back to office now, yeah. which is like three days a week. Yeah, three days a week, which is ridiculous if you think about it. Because it's like, it's it does not do anything to the productivity for me at least. Because all of my team, my manager lives in May. Yeah, and my rest of my crew lives in Kansas, and the other woman lives in Ar- like that makes no sense for me to like sure go back there, and uh, it's. Yeah, it's like we are packed in this room with a bunch of strangers who are yelling at the top of their voices. Like, what, how is this going to help with anything? Uh, and even even uh, the way you structure communication in, in an office is – it's so much fluff. It's not getting to sure. the point. Uh, so I don't much- know. I mean, why? What What is the benefit? Like, I've heard a lot of people – like, I, I massage a lot of Amazon yeah. employees, yeah. and I've heard some things about it like – Obviously, people don't like it, but what is the benefit? Um, what are the reasons for it? Oh, you, you, I think I think it's so, some somebody must have some idea of why they're doing it. It's not like you guys are some kind of like fly by night organization who I think does my, things my without reasons. Is, my theory is uh, I read this book called The Sapiens. It's uh, I highly recommend that book. It's about how. Uh, Neand- like if you have one sapien versus one Neanderthal, the Neanderthal would always win. Twenty Neanderthals and twenty sapiens, the Neanderthals would then even win. Yeah. But when it comes to thousand sapiens and thousand Neanderthals, right, the sapiens would win because they had a better system of communicating yeah. within them that they could tell a story, even a fictional story, and make it as a common objective among those people. Yeah. And yeah. that's why they would get more organized. So. Maybe for me, someone like me who's worked at Amazon like for five, six years, mm-hmm. I know the culture of the company. I know what's good, what's not. Yeah. But for the newer people, they don't know anything about the culture. And culture of Amazon, there's so many good things about it, but so many bad things about it. Sure. I don't want to talk about the impact that Amazon is having on the in the world because that's a whole spiel, right? Like that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But they are successful in, in, in doing what they have done. And I think a part of it is because of the, because of the culture that they have created. So you think that they want to bring people they, back? I think that's kind of maybe, maybe indoctrination. That, yes. I mean, you, that's, a, that's another word to uh, yeah, put it. Um, that, yeah, certainly that. I think that's what they want people to, you know, like become an Amazonian. And, yeah. And, 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 and yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's not bad. They're still paying rent on all those buildings. They are all property still paying, taxes. Yeah, and they have a lot of local businesses there as well. Yeah. So, well, no, I, I heard that they got like these huge incentives from the government to like have their business here, and you know there was like eight hundred thousand people coming into downtown Seattle to work. Oh, that's a every lot. Every day. I mean, not just Amazon, yeah. but like all of the tech companies, hmm. and then you know so many businesses just died. Because there wasn't this influx of tech People, workers coming yeah. in, and then the government's like, "Okay, well, we're going to pull these incentives unless you actually bring your people back." I think that makes more yeah, sense. That makes yeah. more sense because, yeah. like, it's all about the yeah. Money. No, it's I mean, all- I, I I love working from home. It's fucking great. I massage people out of my house. I don't have to leave. Hmm. It's way better. Uh, but you know, got to pay the piper. 
It's two more weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> you going to Shanghai? No, I'm working. Oh, you're working door. Oh, and you got the show. Yeah, I got the, the audition show. The audition show. Mm. I was yeah. thinking about going. Now I'm on the fence. Why? Well, me and Swastik are going to be there. You've no, had, you've had enough of us. No, I was thinking about going to the Shanghai. Oh, the Shanghai. You should go, man. I saw Shanghai on a Sunday. I've, I've actually done it. Yeah, I, I like the Shanghai room. You do. You know, people. It's easy to talk shit on the Shanghai room. I'll say that I've done it myself, but I usually go and have a productive set. Oh wow! Yeah. Hmm. Have you been there? Yeah, you, you've yeah I've been there. a few times. Uh, I just don't really go to the open mics because, like, today is like my one day off this week, and so I still have things I want to do and that aren't going to an open prom- mic. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to go to an open mic, but I also still want to work out and need to do chore stuff. So it's just hard sometimes. If it started at eight, I would go, but it starts at like. Seven, and so I'm just like, eh, I'm kind of like got shit to do. Yeah, That's true. It's light yeah. outside, yeah. Me, I don't have shit to do, so I got it like one day a week. Sometimes, like today, just do every everything I didn't do during the week. That's that's one week is 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 really less too. Like, uh, not decompress. Like, yeah, yeah. What do you do for your? Uh, what is your? Oh, I'm a shudra. Uh, <laughs> I kill rats. Uh, some could say you're a warrior. Oh yeah. Yeah, against rats. So, do you get paid for the number of rats, or do you? Yeah, I have to cut their tails off. It's by weight. It's by the weight. <laughs> Throw them on a big scale. It's like, oh no, wait, that's a marmot. Doesn't count. Uh, yeah. Beavers count double. If that was if they paid you by the weight, you should go to you should move to New York. <laughs> yeah, you would yeah. make a lot more money there. <laughs> or India. Yeah, India. I yeah. I I don't know if they have never seen big rats there, or maybe this was the place I stayed. Yeah. <laughs> you got any shows coming up? Um, actually, um, yeah, I am producing another show like mm. it's called i don't know if you guys know about the seattle transplant show that i did yeah yeah so i'm in talks with uh mitch uh i mean we are like trying to start the the yeah the, the second leg of that show like very initial stages mm-hmm. that one that one is what i'm like excited about uh, nice nice see how that comes yeah and then And then another one, yeah. We are doing another show. Uh, me, Rohini, and uh, Jamal Dean Siddiqui. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are doing another show called the Gumball Comedy Show. Yeah, and we are trying too hard to not make it into a Desi comedy show. <laughs> yeah, well, you're already three out yeah, of like the, five of the way there. Yeah, so like we're trying to like. It, think, it, it sounds like you need a couple white guys. Uh, yeah, show, that's what we what need. So saying. yeah, we will be reaching out to like we have still not finalized. Uh, Are you going to do it at that uh, unexpected productions? No, we're going to be doing it at the hereafter. Hereafter, yeah, okay. I think that's a good. Um, so not actually at the gum wall. Not at the Gumball, but because I I think hereafter is a good venue to like um, for for financial purposes. I think it it's not that bad. Yeah, it here it's out. cheap to do. Yeah, it it's cheaper to do that. Have you both produced shows? I uh, um, you must have, right? No, yeah, not really. Not really. Not It's really. not your thing. Not yeah, really. I have. You have. Yeah, I'm always um. 
I've been looking for a new spot to get a new show going, but like like an open mic or an actual show, like an actual show. Sure. But it's hard to find them, and mm. uh, like I'll call people and just get no response back. And uh, also, I mean, the summer is a hard time to get a show going. Sure. Yeah. So I've got my eye on a couple places that I might start something in the fall. Try and do some showcases in the fall and see what happens. Do you have a theme for the show? Or, uh, no, I hate theme shows. You hate theme shows? Yeah. The theme is just people being funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think theme shows... But you have shows, to have the in to market it, no? That's what everyone tells me. I, I mean... Think, I think theme shows are such... Like, it's just so corny and just, like, undermines comedy and... True. Like, I don't know. If... It's, it's more about going out to agree with people and less about going out to laugh at stuff. Ah... Uh. Because you're already like, I'm already on board with all of their identity politics, so I'm probably going to like this. That's why I love sports. You can't have opinions in sports. It's pure meritocracy, whatever sport you pick, right? Like, there is not like, uh, right? Like, that's... That, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, more so than comedy. Yeah. It's like he got more goals. Yeah. Simple. He yeah. got more game. He got more game, yeah. But people do like theme shows. I'm just not a fan. No, I, I think you have a point. There. Mostly yeah. because you can't have an all-white guy theme show. I used to make a joke about that. Like, imagine, like, we had these brown li- brown comics lineup. Sure. Like, imagine if you marketed a show saying this is white men lineup. Like, nobody even would well, want to come. Not. I not- mean, a- a- anytime someone does produce a lineup that is only guys. They get shit on. Yeah. You, it's like, oh, how original, only white guys. And it's like, ah, shut up. That's, uh, I, I definitely. There's like five female comedians in Seattle. I want to speak to that. That's one of the bits that I want to work out uh, is. I mean, you're already I, banned at the nest. Go for it. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's actually, I, I, I genuinely feel it's such a disadvantage to be a white guy in comedy style. Hey, he said it. You're yeah. just now realizing <laughs> this. Yes. No, I mean. Yeah, because, I know, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. no, no. Because it, it, it's hard. Like you have to. In Seattle, for sure. I mean, Definitely we, in we, we are competing with so many more people. Right. Is kind of the thing. Yeah. And like, you're competing with, like, ish. <laughs> and, you know, there's plenty of room to go around for oh, you guys. That, uh, we can tell apart of ish and so, uh, myself because we've been uh, <laughs> confused with. Which we don't even, I, I think we don't even look like each other, but I. No, think, you don't look like no, each other. No, you don't look like each other at all. But now I'm like, oh, maybe, like, when, when someone. like. I wouldn't be able to tell uh, between. Two. I mean, you're both brown and have beards. Like you're kind of the similar shade of brown, but like that's about it. Like, you guys know fake. that show Office, The Office. Yeah, they had a funny bit about uh, Michael confusing his Asian girlfriend with another woman. Yeah, like, like I feel like oh maybe people from different race, are, everyone else looks like the same to them. Yeah, like, yeah. So maybe that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, I've seen people confuse like Marcus Van Valen and Keon Larry so many times. Oh wow, they kind of do look alike though. Yeah. But you and Ish don't look alike. <laughs> you and Ish don't no. look alike at all. I don't know. If I, that's a compliment. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, you're just two different people. people it's yeah. not like... Yeah, if you if you looked alike, we would say you looked alike. Yeah. Yeah. But I, going back, I, I definitely feel... Talking to you know some of my close friends who happen to be white men, mm-hmm. I do uh, befriend them sometimes. <laughs> but it, it it's so much harder sure. that way. And I... I want to write a bit about that. I don't know how to make it funny. That's one of the things I want to write about, like how that doesn't get talked about. And I think that's a topic I want to approach. Maybe that's what you should talk about, how you can't talk about it. I think I can talk about it. Yeah, I would be. I mean, I would, I'd be 
I'd be the one who could actually talk about it. Sure. Because, like, yeah, you guys would have a tough time talking about it, I guess. No, well, sure. Of course, be we like think that company. way. It's, yeah. a, you know, yeah. we're on that team. Hmm. But, but if we say it, it's like, oh, boo-hoo, you're a white guy. And, you know, there's some truth to that, for sure. Right. But there's no sympathy. $20,000 a year of white privilege? <laughs> I make more than $20,000 a year. Come on. <laughs> How do you think I got this gold watch? Gold watch. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you heard it here. White guys are the most oppressed minority in America. <laughs> in, co- in Seattle comedy, white guys have it the worst. Does anybody have it worse? No, I mean, I mean, they're in, honestly, no. But you know, you can't say that. You can't. It's not right to say that. Mm, yeah, I, th- I think that might be accurate. <laughs> yeah, it might be accurate. If it comes to bookability, yeah, for sure. Yeah, getting booked. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just like. I, I feel like maybe... Uh, I, okay, so there's that and the number of things you guys can, can or cannot talk about. I think you there's so many topics off limits for you guys, then it would be for me. Sure. Yeah, like I have this joke that I do. I don't know if you guys would be able to do that joke. The joke is um, I was rushing through a parking lot and I saw a black guy. He got scared because mm-hmm. he thought I might mug oh, him. Yeah. yeah. But actually, I should have mugged him because an Indian guy mugging a black guy. That's good PR for both our races. Like, that's a stupid joke, but... <laughs> It works. That's kind of funny, yeah. Yeah, I, you, I mean, I'm, like, there's so many topics that are off limits for you. Sure. Like, I roast white women a lot in my show. Like, I, 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 I roast them and people like it. Yeah. It's not that I'm, I see white women laughing. I, at I mean, white, yeah. white women are kind of fair game at this point. Uh, I don't know if for you, are they fair game for you yeah. guys? You are, uh, I mean, we can't go as hard as you can, yeah. but like. But I feel like nothing should be off topic if, if you can make it funny. Like, yeah. Sure. I, that's how I, I see it. But. I mean, I agree with you. It's just. Hard to it's make what something you said. funny. It's what you said. Like, I'm pretty sure. Like, you must. Like, uh, you must hear so many things at open mics that you're like, why is this person? But you know enough to not like censor it, even though you yeah. don't agree with it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's the true definition of being a liberal. When somebody's attacking Fuck. your core beliefs, no, I'm a liberal. No, but that's what it is. Like, that's the definition of it, right? Like, if somebody's attacking your core beliefs, you have the patience not to. Uh, that's like a classical liberal. But that's what I, 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 that is a liberal. To me, that is the yeah. definition of a liberal. Yeah, I that's what saying. I would identify myself as. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think, uh, I think women and minorities kind of have to have like social awareness more than a lot of white guys. Yeah. Like we don't really have to think about being different Hmm. or like how those kind of differences might make people feel we can just kind of like look forward and go ahead in a way not not to say that we don't but that we are able to in a way because a lot of us like grow up and, and you know this would be like any majority population like if you're indian in india it's the same thing you don't have to think about being indian but if you're Indian here in Seattle, you're like, oh, I have to think about being Indian and what being Indian means relative to like a black person, so relative to true. a white person, relative to so a woman. And, and so that makes you, uh, you know, have empathy and social consciousness, which, which make you a better comedian. Like it makes you better able to see so yeah. perspectives and like, I don't know, I've been on a fucking tear against edgy open mic comedians 
uh, in the past well, couple vibe weeks. Killers. Well, they're vibe killers. And, and like most of those are white guys. Yeah. And like they have no idea how what they're saying is going to make other people feel. Hmm. And it's like they've never had to like put themselves in another person's shoes in the same way because they were, you know, the dominant culture. That- so like I, I think that like – I think that it's easier for women and minorities to get better and differentiate themselves maybe than your average white guy. Hmm. So – yeah, but that's, that's I'm a race trader now. True, that's true about co- having the contrast, though. Like you know, uh, yeah. like I was telling you about growing up in India. Like, uh, uh, I'm just gonna like finish this thought. Um, Everybody is an Islamophobe, or rather, I my I grew up in a family of yeah. you know people hating Muslims because I was born in Kashmir and we were re- religiously persecuted, so we had to like migrate. Mm-hmm. And it was just handed o- uh, down to me as like a family yeah. heirloom, right? You hate Muslims, and and. And well, be- India versus Pakistan. That's yeah, like, and because you are a you are you it's are like a the Hi- national culture. Exactly. If and because you are a Hindu in a Hindu majority country, you don't even think about the things that you are saying because you just take it for granted. And I know what a, being a majority means, it, uh, how it feels like, because you have, you don't look at it from other person's perspective because you don't have that perspective. But now when I come here, I actually see why so much shit happens against Muslims in India, which yeah. I'm now not apathetic towards. Uh, right. So you need that contrast to like... Because they deserve it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, that's going to piss off Ish. <laughs> you heard it now, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's... I think contrast is important in comedy. That's why, that's why India is such a staunch ally of Israel. Israel, Because uh, they hate Muslims. Together, they are, they are. And Israel's just like, don't talk to us, please. <laughs> don't talk to us. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk to us. But Israel is a badass country, if you look about it. Like, if you're surrounded by enemies all over. Sure. Oh, that's so, one way to look at it. I mean, if, yeah, if you, if you believe, like, the American party line. I don't know. I mean, I grew up Jewish, going to Jewish school, growing up with only Jewish people. And I was like, oh, yeah, Israel's great. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's 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 it takes a lot of balls to be in that uh, you know pressure cooker. I, I mean, of- they had America and England propping them up hmm. for all of that. Yeah, it, it's not a lot of balls. It's a lot of bombs. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe you know more about this than yeah, I do. you know, it, it it's it's an inspiring story. It looks inspiring, but from like the many inspiring stories, it's kind of like, eh, you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but. I don't. I gotta get going. Hmm. I think you gotta get going yeah, too. It's about that go. time. Yeah. Uh, I you still got a minute, but I gotta okay. go. All right. All right.